You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. <laughs> Feels good to be back. We're glad to have you back. Internet let me down last week, man. How y'all guys doing, man? Nick, Dan? Groovy. Um, the uh, the girlfriend, the girlfriend Groovy. left for uh, a clinical, so she's gone for three months. So I'm a single dog out of two. Three months, and she, she comes home for a month, and then she has another one, uh, another three-month stint. That one in Tampa. I was talking mm -hmm. to Dan about it. So I got uh, uh, no roommate for three months. So That's why you got that I, lotion on the shelf back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a new addition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long 24 hours. It's been a long 24 <laughs> Nick Normally's man, or uh, three months, man. Stuff, per, yeah. per, purrs up, man. No, nah, he can take a break, you can take a hiatus from the manscape right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need oh, a whole new ad. <laughs> uh, oh, how, how you doing, Dan? How was your weekend, dude? It was good. I uh, I had myself a busy weekend. I saw um, comedian TJ Miller on, on Friday night, that was really cool. He's shooting a special, I don't know if it's for Netflix or whatever it was, but that was a really cool. Uh, thing to be a part of he was on um he's been on a bunch he was let's see he was on um uh, silicon valley known from silicon valley he was in the uh the one tv or the one movie about the uh she's out of your league that's what i was thinking of and then right. he was in that uh that ryan reynolds superhero movie what was that um nick you know superheroes what was that movie anyway the internet's gonna drag me for not knowing this, but say what seeing daredevil no, he was in the other one. Deadpool. Um, Deadpool. Deadpool. That's what I'm thinking of. It was great content. Me not knowing red. who I'm seeing. I've seen but, a little bit uh, of Deadpool like, on accident because I cut it on. I thought it was like a regular like superhero movie. So yeah. Hawk was like a little baby, man. I, like mm, like that's not four or something. I ain't know, bro. You know, I don't know nothing about Marvel and the super guy, hero guys, man. I cut yeah. that shit on. It got weird quick. Yeah, I'll be yeah, honest we, with you. I don't, know, I don't know much about Deadpool. I didn't even know he was I can tell he kind of knew. He kind of knew that I didn't know. He was hoping I'd just walk <laughs> off when I hit the plane. But I sat there, and I was just like, yo, what's going on, dog? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what is this? Well, yeah, that, that's a, that reminds me of a funny story. When I was like 12, 13 years old, maybe a little bit younger. I'm trying to remember now. My brother wanted to see the movie Cruel Intentions. My brother's like three years older than me. And my mom said, absolutely not. But she was out of town. Um, so my dad... Um, took us to the movie theater and uh, he bought us tickets. My brother, you know, must have done a pretty good job of insinuating that it wasn't that bad of a movie. Uh, right. So at uh, probably 11, 12 years old, I'm sent through Cruel Intentions. Um, boy, the, the reaction when my mom found out that we saw that movie was, that's about as mad as I've ever seen her. So Dad, dad um, but, got put in the blender. Dad got put in the blender. Yeah, that was the last time my uh, my dad ever took me to the movies without my mom <laughs> um, signing off on that. But uh, no, it was good, man. And then twenty uh, three years ago, Dad took me to my last movie. Yeah, ever. yeah, it was a great, great memory. Dad's the best, man. Shout Mother's Day, man. How how was you guys' Mother's Day? It was good, man. I, I'll be honest with you. You know, um, 
I didn't do much. I, I you know, I'm going to see my mom next month. She was, she was up here a couple of weeks ago, uh, gave her a call, sent her a card, did all that. But, you know, without being a, a father myself, you know, not a ton of mother's day, you know, uh, the girlfriend has a dog. So we celebrated with the dog. Um, but, uh, but not what? too much. I celebrate mother's day with the dog. Well, you know, she's a dog mom. You know, you, you got to find areas. Yeah, I'll to tell you, man. Hey man, you, you got to choose to be happy. Then I'm not That's mad right. at you, man. How I'm was uh, did, Nick? Did you celebrate uh, Dog's father, Mother's Day as well? No, no, but it's Monday, so I'm celebrating not a Father's Day uh, as Dan and I not do. A, we yeah, celebrate that not, 365. Another, another one over the. And we, here we go. Uh, within the next three months, you won't be changing that status. Another no, no, will not be changing that. Status. <laughs> if I am, then I'll, I'll be looking for a permanent new roommate. <laughs> <laughs> a permanent new roommate. Uh, no um, yeah, no, but it cracks bigger me up. issues I than a roommate, Nick. It's probably almost a year ago when it was a year ago, Father's Day, when I asked you what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day, and you said love. Love, so, man. So the Knowles household was filled with love on Sunday. Oh man, so much love, dog. I was a bucket of water, dog. I was crying for no reason, man. My mom was just sharing stories about her mom and just, you know, stories of me as a kid and you no, know, just you no know, the ups and downs of life and shit, bro. It was, you know, I was a bucket of tears all day, man. Um, there's a lot of stuff when your parents when your parents get talking about stuff. that. There's a lot of stuff that like you get to an age they feel like they can share it, and you're like, damn, mm -hmm. I didn't know that was going on. You know, you, yeah, perspective too. Like I look at how yeah. young my parents was, man. Yeah. Like I had no idea they didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> when you're a kid, you think assume. they've got all the answers, right? They, yeah. they know what they're doing. They're like no, if they're a parent, that they just know everything, right? Because yeah. right. they they just kind of figure it out. They do a really good job, right? I'm not a parent. They do a fantastic like, job, right? I've seen my, you know, a lot of my really good friends have have kids that we've been around and they'll ask some questions and if they don't know the answer. They'll make it up. The kid doesn't know, but they're, you know, they're trying to all figure it out. Um, you know, they're not perfect, but, but shout out to my mom. It, it's, it's been really cool over the last like 10, 15 years. My mom's been really focused on a lot of the stuff on um, you know, building out the family tree and everything else. And so she'll randomly nice. find documents from, you know, the 1800s, the 1700s, um, also like bringing back like my grandmother's uh, family came from like the Czechoslovakia area. So she found a document of an unknown marriage from, you know, a few generations ago in this really tiny town. And, you know, now the Czech Republic. So just, you know, really cool history stuff. So um, she was she was going over the documents on uh on Mother's Day, but I think she had a good Mother's Day for, for all intents and purposes. The dope when the moms would be like, you know, going to down memory lane and mm -hmm. doing little history lessons and, and whatnot. Nigga, how was your uh, Mother's Day? God, I spent like an hour and a half on the phone with my mom. You know, some days, um, Jody can talk. Mm. Um, and, and some days you gotta like, hey, I gotta, I gotta go, gotta, stuff got stuff has to be done. Can't be on the phone right. all day, but uh, Mother's Day, just let her talk and we kicked it and talked for about an hour and a half on the phone yesterday. Um, Usually see her on Mother's Day, but couldn't make couldn't swing it uh, yesterday. So uh, I think I'll end up maybe seeing my dad for Father's Day. Nick, you got a bunch of time on your hands, my friend. I mean, I yeah, just because yeah. you need to go see family, man. You need love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need, just come out Lauderdale for a week or so. You're gonna uh, need the support, man. Go go down and yeah. see your dad, man. <laughs> I was in Fort Lauderdale three weeks ago. Yeah, bring the dogs down, Nick. You'll be fine. Leave the dogs there. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of South Florida, Nick, uh, Silk, I'm not sure if you guys got the chance. Did you guys uh, check out that F1 race down? Uh, I've seen the, people tweeting about it, but I didn't. I didn't stadium? No, I, I didn't not. check it out at all, man. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not big in F1. I, I tuned in for a few minutes. Did you guys see that the track set up? Did you see that they they had yeah. the yachts out there set up on a on a vinyl 
fake ocean. Yeah, I did, that, I did, uh, I did not. <laughs> trying to, see that. Oh, you gotta go, go look, look at pictures real quick. Yeah, trying to look like Monaco with uh, where you know where they actually race by the ocean. Um, trying to make it look like Miami Gardens is anywhere near the ocean, which it's not. Right. No, I was, I was talking to. I got a funny story about work today too. But uh, I was talking to to one of my uh, my coworkers about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I saw the yachts." He's like, "That was really cool the way that they uh, did that around that little water inlet." I'm like, "Oh no." Omar, we're about 25, 30 minutes from the water uh, at the uh, the Dolphin Stadium there. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people were, were thinking it, it looked cheesy. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I thought it fit Miami's vibe. You know, they're they're trying to cheesy. You know, compete on a – yeah, no, cheesy. I mean, overdone, right, a bit uh, uh, gaudy. Uh, but I, I think they did a good job with with what it was, right? You're trying to appeal to an international audience. They had the oh, – No, that shit cold. I, I like that. Probably, probably 12, 13 yachts oh, out no, there like that, that you can stay it's on. Like, it's like – yeah, it looks like water in winter. Yeah, because you, you don't have any of the effects of water, which which can be nice, right? If you're staying on a boat. Like I tell people all the time, like if you're on a yacht at an event at Monaco or – you know, St. Pete has a big Grand Prix here where there's a bunch of yachts and stuff. Um, if you're on a yacht, you're not there on the yacht just to, you know, enjoy the water. You're on the yacht to enjoy the yacht, right? So I thought it was a, a cool little thing. I'm sure the internet, you know, had a lot of differing uh, and varying opinions on it. But I did hear some uh, some wild food prices. Nick, you're the you're a foodie on the show. Um, mm. Guess how much a shrimp cocktail cost on one of the yachts? <sighs> Gotta be twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, twenty five bucks for a shrimp cocktail. It's a yacht, bro. Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you try again. Uh, lower. I'm gonna just have you try again. You can choose which direction you go. <laughs> yeah, I like this game. I like, I like this game. <laughs> I like this game. Um, let's go thirty dollars for a shrimp cocktail on the yacht. Nick, you are only off by. Six hundred and seventy dollars. I told the man it was a yacht, like like three or four times. It's a yacht, bro. The shrimp cocktail was seven hundred dollars. That's why you're not getting an invitation to the yacht, Nick, because you think it's thirty dollars. Nick, if you wanted the salmon dinner, now I'm not sure if this was a family style dinner or whatever. Three thousand dollars. I don't care what style dinner it is. This is a <laughs> I don't care how rich I am, bro. Three three thousand for salmon. Yeah. Is it like a charity or something? Is it just like the, this is just the no? Vibes. This is this is just the vibes of you just this, having. This sounds this sounds like money. so. I forget what um. I give me some different salmon for three grand. I forget what late night show Bill Gates was on. It's like my chicken. A, they they played a game of Bill Gates and it was like, what are prices of things? And and he's been a billionaire for three decades. Like he's right. not going grocery shopping. So they were asking like, what's the price for a gallon of milk? He was like, I don't know, twenty three dollars. And like he just had no idea. So that list, that list is like if Bill Gates like made the list. And it was like, how much yeah. does shrimp cocktail cost? I don't know, six hundred bucks. What's there the going is. price of? What's the market price of shrimp? It's like I don't know, Bill. They're they're farmed. Thirty right. cents a shrimp. That reminds me of uh, there's that uh, from expensive sea roaches. Yeah, <laughs> there was an episode of Arrested Development, and they were talking about, it, and she's like, how much does one banana cost, Michael? Ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, just ostentatious kinds of money. Uh, they had a British guy doing the, the pregame where he was in the crowds of the pit, I guess, uh, just trying to interview people. And he walked up to that Duke basketball player, Paolo, thought that he was um, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. He uh -huh. walked yeah. up to him, interviewed him a question. Right, right, and he's right, like, right, right. that's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, no, man, you're only off by about eight inches on uh, on height. But uh, 
but I think he did it to a couple times, but uh, truly a, a cool event um, for, you know, the city of Miami. I think they said it brought in more revenue than the Super Bowl did. So, wow. Pretty cool to see. Um, but Really? Uh, yeah. Well, when you're charging, when you're charging $70 a shrimp. Yeah. It's good. You're going to get, you're going to make some money. No, but revenue to my city wise, like, mm-hmm. like that's insane. That's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. So I think it's an every year thing from now on, but, uh, but super cool. It up. I'm checking that out next time for sure. So I know this was a thing thing, but I'm definitely pulling up. If it's like that type of shenanigans going on bigger than Super Bowl. it's like the shit I need to be around. Yeah. What's I mean, up, it seemed, no, I was just going to say, it seemed like a who's who of, uh, of people that were there. A lot of you're international. I ain't going to get no invite. Is what you're saying? No, 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 no. I'm saying that I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, you know, I was just going to say, I don't know like what other events that they had. Right. I mean, I didn't follow it that closely. Obviously I saw the pictures and everything else. I'm sure they have parties right. and everything else, but, but that's probably the vibes. The race itself doesn't seem like my type of thing. I just haven't gotten into it, but uh, the vibes of the city, probably the parties and everything else. I know, you know, some people, so you could probably get yourself, you know, some invites. Oh, yeah, to some events. Man. I can get into some places down in Miami for sure. Um, I'm on that one next year. We got to put that one on the calendar. I'm pulling up. It's a good off season event. Ain't a whole lot going on uh, for me to pull up at as far as sports events. So I'm gonna check that out next year. Absolutely. Um, we got to talk some um, Gator football eventually here, fellas. We do got to yeah. talk about Gator football. We do have Derek Wingo, uh, current Florida Gators linebacker uh, and former St. Thomas Aquinas Raider, uh, coming on the show before we do. Dan. What? So make sure you say it, Dan. Yeah, that's the only time we'll say it. We're going to keep the uh, the uh, the pumping up of, of St. Thomas to a, a minimum some, today. Uh, there's some Cora Spring legends on here, man. There are not many of us. There's it's not many of us. It's going to be hard to find them. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever sent a player to the University of Florida to play sports. Um, current what? Florida Gators um, assistant baseball coach, David Kopp, is from Coral Springs High. But we're just not pumping a bunch of people up into Division One sports, unfortunately. I've been through there. I get it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's, uh, you know, I think our chances are increasing year by year. Um, but uh, but right now, we're just we're just not there yet. But. I will pump the tires of whoever from Coral Springs High School makes it to the next level. Already. Lots of Marist universities and, you know, directional schools in Indiana is where they're going now. But uh, but, but let's get on with the show. Uh, as always, we want to give a, a shout-out to our friend uh, Alan Horn, who's the title sponsor of Stadium and Gale. Uh, Alan Horn is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia, specializing in auto, home, renter's life, Business insurance and retirement planning in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. Check them out at Alan Horn. That's H O R N E insurance.com or give them a call at 706 692 2888 or follow him on social media at SF Agent Alan H or on Facebook at Alan Horn hyphen State Farm Agent. Again, that's Alan Horn insurance.com 706 692 uh, and without further ado, we do want to bring on Derek Wingo onto the show. Derek, it is a pleasure to to have you on. How are you doing this evening? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Absolutely, man. Well, first Nick of all, the- uh, oh, gosh, Dan, Dan already said it. I uh, just want to lead off with an STA pride. We're only going to talk about the college years. You're not going to cap me on, on St. Thomas Aquinas uh, love <laughs> on, the, on the podcast, Dan. That's uncapped. <laughs> they're, gonna get, oh, they, they're gonna be sassy the entire time, Derek. How you doing, my dude? Good. How you doing? Good. Good, man. 
Welcome, welcome to Stage Miguel, man. Excited, <laughs> excited for this conversation. Well, Derek, before we uh, we get into your your current time at the University of Florida, talk to us a little bit about the lead up, uh, ultimately to committing to to UF. But talk to us a little bit about growing up and kind of what got you um, you know involved in football, and then ultimately when did you think that you you would have the chance to play Division One football? Yeah, so originally I was uh, born in Naples, Florida. Uh, that's kind of where I went to like middle school and elementary school. Um, I started playing football at a very young age, around like five, five or six. Um, and then kind of when high school decisions were kind of coming along, I wasn't sure and what school I wanted to go to. And we had heard about St. Thomas Aquinas and we knew that it would be kind of a, a hard move for us, like obviously to move across the whole state, um, having my mom own a, a preschool her whole life. So um, she owns a preschool in Naples, Florida, and I had to move over to the uh, East Coast with my dad. Um, and we kind of commuted back and forth to see her. She'd drive over for, for every game. Um, going to St. Thomas, obviously, you know, you know a lot about St. Thomas uh, and their success. So, um, but to get into the University of Florida, um, my biggest decision was to go to St. Thomas was to get to that next level. And um, it's a school that's kind of close in Florida, uh, perfect weather. Um, I had great coaches recruiting me previously, Coach Robinson. Um, they had a good coaching staff. Um, and I kind of wanted to stay close to family. You know, I, I was separated from my mom through the entirety of high school. So I thought it would have been the coolest thing to be able to, you know, have her be able to come to every game and be able to be there for me and be able to see me as my journey goes on. Uh, so I think that was one of the biggest things that went into making the decision to come to the University of Florida. And now that we're here, she actually lives in Gainesville with both my dad and my mom live up here. So it's pretty cool. Talk to me about Mama Wingo's. Yeah, so I get that question all the time. So she actually does uh, have her bakery here. Um, she makes cupcakes, cookies, um, cakes, all of it customized. She can print out things that are all edible on it. Um, she does them for the team. She'll bring them in, different goodies and stuff like that on special occasions and for birthdays and stuff like that. It's going pretty well. Um, that's something that we've been uh, very prideful about, so I'm excited for her. Is Kelsey Gomes giving her like a, a side eye when she's bringing that stuff in? She's like, hey, here's a, here's a list of guys that cannot have – any of these baked goods? Yeah, there's like a number of who can have how many. <laughs> how many can Big Des have? He gets one cookie. That's it. <laughs> he, gets he, one. Gets, he gets one sugar-free cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Derek, talk to us a little bit about uh, your transition up to UF. Obviously, it's a big jump. You know, not only are you you moving cities, um, but you're, you're joining a new program, obviously making that jump from high school to college. What was that transition like for you? Well, well also, too, at St. Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, you were mainly like like an edge rusher as, as a linebacker, really, right? Yeah. And then you get you have your first season is that COVID season. Um, and I heard a story. C-Rob hits you and is like, uh, after the A&M game, it's like, hey, you're going to have to learn all three of these linebacker positions. So yeah, what we can, can, hold, hold on, I, I hate to do this to you guys, but can we do – I want to ask him because I know a lot of fans that remember your recruitment may want to know this too. So the secret visit and all of that. Um, ah. Because you, you, you was, your recruitment was just a commitment out of the clear blue sky uh, when you committed. None of us seen it coming at all. Uh, secret visit went down that nobody found out to, after the commitment. So what was that like? What was that like? Give us a story on, on how all that went down. I'm sorry to cut all y'all off. No, no, no. no. We're, we're trying to work linear here. So we're really yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to get too far. Yeah, I guess I can talk about that now. It's been a while. So um, I actually – I came up here with the family. Um, I used to come up here a little bit kind of under the radar just to, like, visit some friends that I know that uh, go here. Um, so we kind of got up, and some of the coaches hit me up. They're like, hey, do you want to come through? 
uh, to the facilities. Maybe talked to coach a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I had previously talked to him a little bit. And um, I've been around campus. I've met with those guys. I was in constant contact with Coach Robinson. Um, so we get up there. We're in the office. We're talking with Coach Mon. Uh, we're on the phone with uh, Tim Tebow. We're talking to him. He, we're all chatting it up. So it's pretty cool. And and that's my favorite. That's my mom's favorite guy. That's by far her favorite of all time. So my mom too, bro. Go look at her Facebook, bro. All that shit. Yeah. She loves him. So so originally we were actually. I had told Coach Mon that this is the school that I want to be with, but out of respect, I would never like say anything or be open with it because I obviously wanted to respect Penn State and I wanted to be able to talk to Coach Franklin first. Um, I wanted to be able to go back up there and, and just kind of make sure everything was clear. So, cause I didn't want to be disrespectful in any kind of way, but somehow, some way someone else had posted, I guess they saw me leaving or something like that. And it kind of blew up a little bit. And then someone had posted that I had flipped already and committed to the university of Florida. And I was like, so I'm, I'm getting calls left and right. I was sleeping in the car on the way home and I'm just like, <laughs> man, so um, I get calls, I get on the phone with Coach Franklin and stuff like that. And, and, and it was a good conversation because those guys, those guys are very respectful up there. They they know what they're doing. And, and um, I kind of kindly just kind of went over it with them and say, listen, I really want to make the best decision for me and my family. Um, obviously, things weren't the best at that time. So um, and I gave them the information. And after that, I kind of worked with an editor, um, stuff like that, and got it out there on social media. Oh, Who was the man. paparazzi that caught you? I, I don't know to this day. To this day, I haven't figured it out. To this day, I haven't figured it out. That thing starts spreading like wildfire. Yep. Man. <laughs> man, it spread like wildfire. I hit my DMs like, yo, we can go on campus, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, yeah. Derek, I, I've got a question just about recruiting. You know, we've we've talked to a lot of former players, um, you know, a, a lot that, that, you know, played at UF in the, you know, like 2006 to like 2012, 2013, where, you know, there was rivals in ESPN and there was certainly a following of, of recruiting. But, I mean, it was really kind of your class that, you know, saw, you know, a huge move over to Twitter and to Instagram and to social media and not only following players on these websites, but now following them, you know, on social media. What was that like and how do you drown out some of that noise and, you know, what, I mean, I guess what's it like growing up in the social media age where, you know, you're being – you know, recruited heavily by a lot of different schools. You're going to make multiple fan bases upset by your decision. But how do you work through some of that noise as a as a teenager? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is um, going to St. Thomas. I actually I got help from that. Uh, we had guys who came in and helped you uh, manage that kind of stuff and kind of walked you through it. But as a young athlete nowadays, especially, you have to learn how to manage it. You have to learn how to manage being able to still play on the field, whether or not, and then it's school, and then it's kind of that social media and stuff. So now a lot of guys are learning that. I'm having to learn it all over again with NIL, because that's another thing that's popping up is, is you have to learn how to balance NIL and still being in school and playing football. Obviously, playing football is like the, the number one thing that you have to focus on. So um, just kind of being able to be mature about it, not always being stuck to your phone and all of But at the same time, if you can if you can do that and and – have an advantage to that that's huge for you and i'd say that social media was huge for me being able to kind of get videos out there mm -hmm. work out videos use twitter the correct way um kind of have all make sure you're having all the positive things on your page so that doesn't come back to uh bite you in the future so um if like my biggest thing is if you're able to be able to do that and still have success in all the other fields i think it's great you you have a lot of that support now but like when you were like 16 17 going on secret visits you're committing the fan base you just you put it on mute do you just put twitter away you just not check your mentions i mean 
And it's got to be, it's going to be a lot mentally. Yeah, I, I would think that um, at a young age, I was able to realize that, um, and especially even now, there's going to be people out there who are going to say bad things. There's people over there who's going to support you. And um, at the end of the day, when you look your name up on Twitter and you're seeing all those things about you, you just have to kind of realize, you know, some of these people saying these things are, come on. So, <laughs> I mean, but you never know. So yeah. you just kind of have to ignore it, uh, be the bigger person about it, and just be mature. Cool. Nick? Um yeah, I, 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 shoot, I don't know if I'd look my name up on Twitter, especially if I had like a bad game. I think, I think that's probably when you're probably most tempted to, to do it. But I don't know if that's if that's good for the mental health. Um, so getting back into it, um, how did how did St. Thomas? I mean, it seems like you made a business decision. Like, hey, I'm leaving Naples. I'm going to St. Thomas because there's a proven track record of them developing guys and, and getting guys to Division One. Um, and then you make a business decision to come to Florida. Uh, what was your immediate, I guess, introduction to Gainesville and introduction to uh, that program and that system? How did that transformation or the that transition go? Uh, I'd say it went actually pretty well. Um, but obviously, like most people know, that I have never played off the ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. That's something that I did struggle with. At, even at St. Thomas, I wasn't very good at it. That's why they had me on the edge, and that's where I had my most success. Um, so I'd say my during the COVID year, as most people do know, I did struggle a lot learning how to kind of play off the ball. I wasn't really sure how to do it. Uh, when blockers would come up to you, I was still learning how to kind of get off that and be able to shuffle around. So um, Coach Robinson had a lot of develop with, with me with that, uh, being able to have extra time in the film room, understanding the offense a little better because I did come from the offensive side of the ball way back mm-hmm. when in my mm-hmm. freshman and, and sophomore year at St. Thomas. I played quarterback. So I, I understand a little bit more on how the offense works and be able to look at that. Um, so just kind of developing my really – my freshman year and my and my sophomore year, understanding a little bit better, and now having Coach Bateman come in and really this spring season being able to finally kind of put the touches together and having guys like Ventrell Miller coming back is huge. Being able to have the experience from him and and really understanding the game has just kind of helped me elevate to playing off the ball. What what was that meeting like? Because I mean, when you guys get home from Texas A&M in 2020, you know, the, that Sunday you guys start getting tests and, like, positive tests start coming back. And you don't know that the Missouri game is going to get canceled. And it's just like, yo, Derek, we need you to, to know how to play all three of these positions, which you're still learning. But you need to know just in case we play and, like, you might have to start at Mike. And you're like, what? Yeah, I, I think I actually loved it because I'm a guy who, who loves to kind of be in the film room, loves to write down notes and stuff like that. And I feel that as a Mike linebacker, as, like, a – a leader that you feel on the defense, you should be able to understand every position on the field. Mm-hmm. And if right. you don't, it can only hurt the other people around you. So uh, just kind of being able to learn that. Obviously, I was very interested in being able to play like the Sam linebacker on the outside because that's something I've done my whole life. Um, so just kind of that felt more as an opportunity for me when they came to me and told me that. Okay. Do you feel comfortable now? Yeah, 100%. Especially after this spring season, getting to know this coaching staff better, um, understanding my position, my body, um, and how I can be able to make plays and uh, learning this new playbook. I'm, I'm very confident with uh, Coach Tony and what they have going for me and, and just kind of my playmaking ability now that I've been able to develop a little bit more. Real quick before you move forward, Nick, um, what, what did you feel about the uh, the last uh, uh, defense that, that hindered you, uh, your growth a little bit, if you would say there was, there was something? Um, one thing that I would say that hindered my growth was not everyone was always on the same page. Mm. And I feel that that can hurt a lot of athletes because when you're on the field with 10 other guys and everyone's not kind of thinking the same way or feeling the same way, 
and I'm going this way. Like there's some plays that I can look back from film from last year where I'm going the right way and someone else is going the wrong way, but it, it looks like I'm completely not right. knowing what I'm doing. And I, right. and I know that as, as like being able to watch film a little bit more, um, everyone on defense, that's what makes great defense is for everyone to be on the, on the same page. And, and that's the big thing that Coach Tony and all them stressed that this year is we're all going to be on the same page, know what we're doing, we're going to be going to the right places, and that's why I feel that our defense is going to have a lot of success this year. Was that between position groups or even in position groups, guys not being on the same page? I would say all around. I, was mm-hmm. like, I would say all around. Do you, was it we, – we've heard a lot of rumors and, and, and people talk about it. Was, it. was it a complicated scheme? Was it – I mean, what was what was the reason that you feel like a lot of people were kind of running on different pages? Um, I don't feel that it was like too complicated. I mean, obviously, it's complicated for uh, other people. Sure. Um, you know, like I was not, not for Dan. Dan you know, would definitely understand it. <laughs> so I um, mean, and, and it was a little bit complicated. Uh, we did have to study a little bit more, but I'm not really sure. It would just be sometimes yeah. it'd be miscommunications a lot that was kind of unnecessary, and mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it just ended up not working out. Yeah. What do you, what do you notice from the difference between you know maybe the old defensive staff and the and the new defensive staff? Obviously, you were you were very close with Christian Robinson. That's very noted. Um, obviously, you committed to Todd Grantham in that defense, and you have a whole new coaching staff. You know, coming in, you're you're learning different people. You're learning a different scheme. Um, you know, what's that transition been like for you? Um, I think it's been very positive. Um, with this new coaching staff coming in, they obviously their biggest thing was we have to earn your trust just as much as you have to earn ours. And I think that was huge for Coach Tony and them to come in and really stress that. And um, that's one thing I'll give uh, Coach Tony props 100%. If you sit in a meeting room with him or watching film with him, he's an absolute genius. And everything that he knows and and, and learns from other coaches, whether or not it's in the NFL or here and there, um, he's able to trickle that down to us and um, just kind of gaining their trust um, understanding that they want what's for, best for us and is going to push us and look back at our past couple of seasons on the small things that we need to improve on. And everyone's always saying the tackling and the stuff like that. And we've been working on that in every practice on, on tackling mm. and stuff like that and breaking it down from the basics. Mm. Um, going back, to, going back to your freshman year real quick. What, I mean, you got, you probably didn't know better because it, because it was your first year, but now that you've been on, on, on campus and been through like a regular football season, how crazy is that to go back and look at everything you guys had to do just to play a game? And then it was 10 straight SEC games. And that was your introduction to college football, getting, you know, something stuck up your nose three times a week just to go have to play 10 straight games against SEC opponents. Yeah, obviously that was a big eye opener. I didn't really expect all that to go down. And, and I, I do give St. Thomas props with the schedule wise because that was very kind of similar, being able to wake up early, go to the meetings and mm-hmm. going to practice, coming back to meetings. So that's one thing that St. Thomas really did prepare me for. Um, yeah, but the SEC is huge. Being able to come into the SEC as a freshman, not everyone, when you go on those fields, every guy is just either just as big as you or much, much bigger. You know, everyone's weighing 230, 240 at receivers now. We have receivers weighing 230. Mm. So you got to understand that it's a bigger game. Uh, it's a lot, a lot faster. There's a lot more to learn. You can't kind of just go out there and play. So not, not playing Dillard and South Plantation anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> that, that, that definitely threw me off a little bit. <laughs> um, what, what has uh, what has uh, Ventrell Miller been back in the fold? And, and uh, I'm pretty sure having that veteran linebacker could help you as well as learning with, with learning the position. 
Um, what's it like having him back? Uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, being able to just have his knowledge and experience. Obviously, he's been here for, for a pretty long time. Uh, he's playing a lot of big games. Um, he kind of always has your back. He motivates you and kind of tells you um, where to go in certain sticks. So I love being on the field with him. You know, I, I, he's a very good communicator as well. Um, a lot of the guys look up to him. And, you know, if I'm on the field with him, I look left, we double check and, and make sure we both know we're on the same page, always going the same direction. Um, he's played in a lot of big games, made a lot of big plays. So to have someone like that and experience next year is amazing. Yeah, I thought it was fun watching you and DeWan both run around out there, man. Um, both of you guys are extremely athletic. Um, we see, we get to see you. I got to see you do some flips and, and whatnot, somersaults uh, during your high school career. I haven't seen any in college. Uh, who got the better flips, you or AR? I haven't, I, all I've seen is AR do is a backflip so far. That's it? That's all you got? Yeah, I, I don't know. I still, I still, can, I still can do them. I don't want to encourage him to do more. Don't have me be the guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got so you think you got more sauce than him right now? I think I could do more. Like, well, oh, you're in, you're gonna get in trouble. He's he's gonna hear this. <laughs> and then he's gonna start back. He's gonna start back flipping again. They're gonna you're gonna get him in trouble. Yeah, that's gonna be my fault now. <laughs> I have to fall on you. Get, we'll get a Matt Baker story. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Derek, I want to want to look forward to this uh, upcoming season a bit. Um, where do they have you playing the most? I mean, do do you see a lot of rotation in your future, or you know, what's uh, what's kind of the the upcoming season look like for you and your position? Uh, so as of right now, I've been uh, kind of rotating both at the mic and the wheel linebacker. Um, obviously, not having as much depth, I wasn't being able to work as much on the edge. Um, but I know that in this upcoming like fall camp and stuff like that, I will be. Uh, getting a little bit of more being able to be on the edge or the third down rushing from the outside. So that's something that I'm really excited for. Perfect. A lot, just, it seems like there's a lot of guys there on the edge and, and you really didn't have that depth, especially with Ventro um, and his schedule not being there two out of the three days. Yeah. Um, so just bodies uh, inside a linebacker. Yeah, definitely. What – um. looking at the schedule, you, I mean, obviously Utah is a big opener, but are there any games you've circled like – uh, teams talk about like revenge tours and, and, and getting and getting teams back that beat them. Is there any team you're looking forward to playing next year? Um, yeah, I'd say definitely the Utah game. Obviously, that's going to be a huge opener. Um, I think we're going away to Texas A&M and away to um, Tennessee are going to be huge games, huge games to win for us. Obviously, uh, we played at Tennessee two years ago, but there wasn't a full capacity because of COVID. So I think that's going to be a very loud and vicious game. You know how their fans are, so I'm excited for that. Uh, same thing for Tennessee as well. And then I'm super excited to be able to play LSU at home. Mm. I'm ready to I'm ready to get that back. I'm ready to finally close that off because that's always been uh, huge. And then FSU, obviously. Mm. Don't, on a Friday don't, don't night. Lose no, don't yeah. lose no sleep on that one, uh, Derek. Friday night lights in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, be a cakewalk. My, my, uh, some of my family members actually were always FSU fans. Sorry. So <laughs> – I'm super excited to be able to go and play in that state and be able to tear it up. Real and quick, back Derek. At, uh, back go at ahead. Kyle Field, that was the where you, where you started your career. That was the opener in 2020, wasn't it? Where was that? Texas A&M. Wasn't that the first game in 2020 or no? Uh, no, that, well, that was yeah. the third game. Just yeah, yeah, Ole Miss yeah, was, was the first one. Game. Yeah. Samford was the first one at home. Go ahead, Silk. So. I'm sure all the fans want to know from a leadership standpoint, man. Um, that seemed like a, a big missing uh, – thing from this team last year was leadership. Um, yeah, I'd say that it was kind of – I feel like the leaders were there, but it was just kind of all over the place. So I feel like uh, we would be 
miscommunications, people always wouldn't be on the same page, uh, like all around, whether or not it's like being on the field or just um, uh, being in the locker room and stuff. So that's one that I think that this year we've really kind of brought together and we've realized and recognized um, to be able to trust one another, um, to be able to look to each other for certain things and be able to understand that we have to be hold each other accountable for the things that are going on, whether or not it's uh, off the field, on the field. Uh, it's little things, and they do they do come back to get you, and the little things mean a lot. So uh, that's something that I'd say this team so far is uh, taking advantage of. Dope. Uh, Derek, we want to ask you a question. Uh, Silk normally asks this question. Nick asked it last week. Um, we were talking about who has the best right? hands on the team. Best hands on the team. And we're not talking about wide receiver. You know, We're not talking about tight end. We're just talking about best hands. Mm. Fisticuffs. Old-fashioned square up. Best hands on the team. Anybody? Like any position? Yeah, any yeah, yeah. Position. Pound for pound, yeah. man. Hate to say it, but I think AR is up there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You better take that flip. That flip take, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're up here talking. You're writing checks saying that you're better flipping than him. And right. he, might, he might end up throwing hands. I hope you don't take that personal. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I, like the, I like the quarterbacks. The quarterback can, can throw hands in the paint. How how is Anthony Richardson? I, I, that's my guy. I'm, I'm I'm very high on AR, bro. I've been waiting on him just to take this, this the bull by the horns, um, as the people say. Uh, what what is he like as a leader? Um, I think he got all the tools, in, and it seems like he has the the aura of a leader and ready to do what he got to do um, from a leadership standpoint. But what is he like in the locker room with you guys? Yeah, so I've been able to see that as like when I first came in to now. Um, obviously, the team around him has been able to gain a lot of respect for him. You know, he's always kind of doing the right thing. He's always working after. He's always working extra. Um, so everyone's been so excited for him as well to kind of, you know, really get out there and be able to lead. Um, the biggest thing I'd say that he's improved on is also being vocal. And and now he's, he's more of a guy who knows that this is this is his team. He needs to take over and he really needs to uh, uh, have the have trust in everybody and be able to make big plays at big time moments and i think he he knows that and he understands that so maybe just not his time like when he when he was a freshman you obviously had kyle trask um last year emory's a starter was it just like not his place to be vocal previously no no i don't think so i think he definitely was still vocal in the times before because everybody mm -hmm. knew um and they would kind of bounce back off, off on each other but i think he really understands now that you know this is his time and, and he and he is like the kind of the face of our team. So um, he's been waiting for this, and I'm excited for him to go out there and, and really uh, be able to dominate. Yeah. Likewise. Um, Derek, want to talk to you. Um, we appreciate the Gator Collective for helping us uh, bring you on today. But want to talk about name, image, and likeness and what's that's, what that meant, what that has meant to you. Jeez. Uh, get together, Dan. What that's meant to you over the last uh, year or so and um, you know, what your experience has been like. Yeah, I think I think NAL is huge for athletes now um, to be able to uh, benefit from all these different things and and um, on top of your like COA or whatever it might be, um, being able to build your brand. That's the biggest thing, I think, whether everyone kind of has their own merchandise, um, they're able to go out to the public and do signings and uh, kind of do deals with brands, rep different brands, um, be able to get packages for stuff to be able to use and, and promote for them. Um, I, I think it's absolutely huge. It benefits the athletes probably tremendously be able to have like certain clothing or or just being able to have certain tools that they need to be able to go out on a on a daily basis. I mean, now personally, NIL is helping me. I'm taking my mom out to dinner and I'm bringing her dinners. So uh, that's something that I've always looked forward to do. And I know that uh, athletes coming to college, they, it's a lot of them are big on family and they always 
talk about taking care of their families. And now at such a young age, you're, you're able to do that now. So uh, I think that's huge. Uh, personally, it's huge for me. And, and I just I hope Kiana keeps going well because it's been going well so far. How does it feel to have moms right there in town like that, man? I, I feel like it's amazing. You know, anytime I need something or or she even when she needs something, I, I go right. over there, I hang out. Um, we'll kind of make dinner together. We'll have dinner. I'll go over there, play board games with her sometimes. And, and it's really good. You know, she doesn't bother me. She doesn't kind of get into my business. Uh, but she makes sure that it's known that she's always there if, uh, if I need something. So it's good. You're super mature, bro. Where you, where you get that maturity from, man? <laughs> Some kids can fake. Some kids can fake it, bro. Mm-hmm. I can tell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it, it, it seems authentic. Where you get that maturity from? Moms? I think it's definitely from mom and probably uh, probably maybe some of my past coaches. And okay. dad's big on big on being strict, being by the book, and, and knowing what's right. So That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate your time. Uh, Derek, real, real quick, real quick. Oh, we, have, we don't ask this enough. What um, Moving to Gainesville, Dan already talked uh, talking about being a foodie. We were doing that in, in a segment. Best food spot in Gainesville? Best food spot. I think there's a, there's a couple – I don't know the names off the top of my head, but there's some of the food trucks. It never goes really well, Nick. That's why we stopped asking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Mahmoud on. I asked him best food. He said none. And I was like, all right. There's a couple food trucks that are pretty good. That Probably I shouldn't have asked him, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> couple shouldn't food trucks. Which ones? Do you remember? Uh, no, but some of them are, uh, some of them are uh, right here by um, – Gosh, it's like too many. Oh, what's that? It's called like fourth. It's like the fourth street or innovation something. Yeah, yeah, one of those right there. I know uh, Luke's Bagels is good. I just got, I got a, we got an nil deal with them. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, always yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's Bagel in Gainesville. Yeah, they listen. I know it. Luke's is the best Bagel. As I don't, Derek have, I don't have an saying. NIL deal. That is the best. That's the best Bagel in Gainesville. Listen, yeah, when y'all swing by, that tell them Derek sent y'all, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! And uh, you're wearing, you're wearing uh, some of your merch. Yeah. Yeah. Check NIL, out. Dan. Well, if you're watching YouTube, you can check the visuals. Check out my man Derek Wingo. Tell them where they can find your merch at. Uh, I actually have a link in my bio, both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, you guys can go check that out. Um, it has lists of the shirts, the jackets, uh, the hats, all of it are on there. Uh, I'm doing another drop here very soon with some new clothing. Uh, that'll be up posted. I'll have that posted everywhere around so you guys can see that with the link attached to it. Derek, I want to ask you about a few of the things in the background. You got a Pippin jersey. Uh, is that the Michael Jordan shot? Yeah, I got the Michael Jordan. Uh, okay. Michael Jordan one and the Scotty Pippin one. I got the, um, yeah, both of those in, in uh, black and red. All right. I got the Pippin in red, but it's not, it don't look crisp. It's, it's, it's <laughs> real, it's real. And, and it's from eighth grade, literally. Yeah, he's yeah, actually from my mom back when she was in high school. She oh, dope, dope, dope. Yeah. I would actually hold your mom, but that'd be like, you know what I'm saying? That'd be disrespectful. <laughs> but and, and it looks like that girl is shooting you with, a, with an arrow on your TV. Oh, I was watching from our perspective. <laughs> what are you watching know, these days? Wait, he's just asking about TV. We're just holding you up now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just keep him here. <laughs> what do college kids do these days? Derek, please don't leave. Yeah, yeah. What video games are we playing? No, Derek, we appreciate it, man. Hey, let everybody know where on uh, social media they can follow you. Uh, Derek Wingo is uh, just my Instagram. Derek Wingo is also my Twitter. And uh, I have a TikTok that's actually Derek Wingo 15. And was 15 oh. with mom loving Tebow? Was that was that a connection? With no, so I've actually always had 15. I had 15 at St. Thomas, and that was just mm-hmm. kind of my number that I picked. 
Gotcha. Nice. Now, Mama Wingos as well. So, so, yeah, it's an elite Wingos, Gator yeah. number too, by the way. It's an elite Gator number. Uh, Redell, Tebow. It's an elite Gator number. Luchez Perfoy. Hey, hey. <laughs> I said, oh, man. I mean, hey, he had a great, he had a great season. He did have a great run. Um, mm-hmm. He did. Shout out to Luch. All right, man, we got to let you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let you go, Derek. Hey, oh, hit hey, up, thanks, Derek. Bro. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate yeah, it. Hit up Luch Bagels. Time. All right, brother. Derek Wingo. Yeah, yeah that was one. Nor- nice normally stop. we know when to stop, but that one we just let yeah, drag on a, a question too long. Let me out of here, old man. Luke's Luke's is Luke's is legit. Yeah. Where where yeah, is they, Luke's? Well, that's not the place favorite? that's up by your house, is it? It's like all it's like no, it's on the way to downtown. Uh okay. you would probably call it downtown, but it's like not downtown proper. Like it's not by parks or dragonfly or anything. Um they are from New Jersey and they've got this whole thing. It took them, I think they said like 16, 18 months to figure out how to make the water the same pH level that it is in New York, New Jersey. Cause people from up there say the water is what makes the pizza dough better or the, or the dough for the bagels better. So they've mm. got this whole water alkaline pH system that is like attached to the building that they use to make their bagels. Um, do the bagel slap though. I like I like all the science. And the bagels, not, the bagels, the bagel slap. They slap. What's your Great favorite bagel? Um, give me a sausage, egg, and cheese on everything bagel. Man, no, just the bagel, bro. We I just said the bagel. We didn't ask for your whole sandwich. Actually, or make a, that's it. That's that. everything bagel. And everything bagel. And everything yeah. bagel. Yeah, throw me on the everything bagel. Everything bagel. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I liked the uh, like the cinnamon raisin. Yeah, I ain't really a fan of them joints no more. Um, they just don't slap. Everything bagel is just where it's at. I do, yeah. I, I do the onion joint. Um, mm-hmm. that's about it. I don't get too, too, too risky. And plain bagel can't go wrong with that. You just gotta have Luke's, it right. Luke's makes them every day. They don't sell day old bagels. Uh, mm. if, if they don't sell, if they have bagels that go unsold. They just donate them to to food banks. Um, there you go. everything's made every day. Um, that line, if you if you catch your a bad last, line, your last free one, uh, Lucas, what, what the name is? Yeah, Luke's. Luke's, 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 Luke's yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah, we got no, some no, scrolling marquee ready for Luke's bagels. You, if you, you could pull up to Luke's, and there could be fifty people waiting for bagels. So oh, I, I've bagel. definitely, I've, I've definitely pulled up to Luke's and just made a U turn and been like, yeah, I'm not waiting an hour and a half for a bagel. Yeah, I'm be honest with you, bro. I don't care how far you the bagels. I'm not waiting an hour for it. I'll no, be honest no, with you. It when I went, when I was up in New York City back in in December. We waited in line, and I'm forgetting the name of it. It's like the most popular bagel joint. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was really good, but waiting for 45, 50 minutes, however long we waited for a bagel, I mean, it slapped. You almost it was good, but I'm just like. It before it to be good. That yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes. Man, yeah. Like, how good is this thing going to be, I appreciate bro. you not encroaching on my personal life, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying. Uh, honestly, you're in, you're in New York. Bag. There's eight thousand different places. So many bagels. Right. Yeah, no, a lot I'm of. I'm gonna keep circling the block until I get like a ten minute wait, man. I go somewhere else. New York is pretty busy, but I'm not waiting forty five minutes an hour for. Yeah, a that was a, that was a long wait, and it was it was. Shout out to Luke's if it is that busy though, man. That's good. That's a good problem to have. You guys buying the uh, the New York water thing? There's a pizza place here that says that they ship in their water from New York. I'm not sure I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying. I'm, call them, hey, I'm not about to call these good. folks stuff fraudulent, Dan. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about the pizza joint in Tampa, not Luke's. Luke's oh, oh, is obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Luke's, man. <laughs> I'm doing it by the book. The people in Tampa, yeah, they could be fraudulent. What you got? Yeah, yeah. that's what I, that, that's that's my my take. 
fraudulent water. All right. Uh, well, let's get let's get on to some more Gator news. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff happened this week. And before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM and GALE, all one word. Get 15% off of your order. They're going to be dropping a ton of new merchandise um, here over the next few weeks. So again, visit them at homefieldapparel.com, promo code STADIUM and GALE. The Gators did nab two commitments this weekend to bring their total up to four for the class of 2023 at about 12-ish on Saturday, Nigel Harris uh, from IMG Academy uh, announced his commitment to the University of Florida. Um, Four-star, ranked the 385th best player, uh, the 26th ranked uh, interior offensive lineman, and the 72nd ranked um, player from the state of Florida. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on uh, on the take. Uh, Silk, we'll start with you. Oh, we got a gangster, man. Kid, 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 mall things. Um, IMG has been a, a just a, a place we couldn't get anything from. Uh, Billy come back, back to back cycles. Uh, Land Kamari Wilson and then Najee Harris, man. Um, good get. Kid gets downhill, mall stuff. I think run blocking is his strong suit. Um, I don't think he's terrible at pass blocking, but he, he could get better. Uh, but just a good get. Guys, we couldn't get with Heavy uh, too many projects, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's a polished lineman like he's perfect, but uh, his size and you seeing like pancakes and finished blocks with aggression, it's a mean streak we, we've been missing from our line of scrimmage, man. So uh, good get. Shout out to Stapleton, Sale on, mm-hmm. you know, doing what they got to do and closing in on this guy. And um, there's a lot more to get at IMG, so uh, just a real important thing right there, man. Shout out to Cheney as well. Getting yep. into, um, I think Cheney had a big, a big part in this. Um, but getting into that IMG curse a little bit. Obviously, um, the program started with Chris, uh, Chris Winky, right? So, like, obviously, mm-hmm. there was a, a FSU connection, but he's been gone for a while. So, like, what was the holdup in your opinion? Of a lot of fumbling. Kids? I think just fumbling, fumbling back. I like, think about no, like just fumbling, like easy stuff. Like, like we had Francois. Yeah, like, he he was mm-hmm. guy. Uh, they oh, played, rat, rat, rats told me that story plenty of times. No, I'm sorry. We didn't have Francois. They played the game. We, well, we did have Francois. Here's yeah. the crazy part about it. We had Francois and Lamar Jackson at the same mm-hmm. time. They were kind of choosing between the one. And, and at that time, Lamar, they wanted, Lamar was they ready wanted, to play. Lamar was ready to play receiver for Will Muschamp. Mm-hmm. That's how much he wanted to be. That's how much right. he wanted, he to, be wanted a to be a Gator. Um, but they, they slow played him. Uh, and he kind of knew that they were slow playing him for Francois. Winky played the games with Francois. He was ready to flip that night before whatever was going on. Uh, they get on the phone and change everything that busy. Everything just got weird uh, with that whole recruitment. But um, we just fumbled some bags. We had some opportunities land kids out of there. It just we just couldn't close. That's it. Um, now we got some closes on campus. We're gonna see what it do, man. Do, we're doing. They doing what they got to do. Yeah, there's a lot of talent, obviously, at IMG still. I know that Florida's recruiting still probably four or five players uh, from there. Obviously, getting Kamari Wilson on campus was huge. Getting Nigel Harris is big. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what the reasoning was. Obviously, you can talk Chris Winky, you can talk, you know, some 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 probably some shenanigans that happened, but you know, the fact that Florida went, what, seven, eight years without landing a single kid from IMG is unbelievable. Right. I mean, right. and we, we can we can say that Jim McElwain wasn't a great recruiter and Dan Mullen wasn't a great recruiter and Wilmot's champ, you know, was great on the defensive side of the ball. And, and we can blame a lot of different things. But the fact that they went oh for eight years or however long it was before even getting one and now to get two, 
Um, you know, I don't know if it's a tide changing. We'll see that. But um, I mean, but that is such a, a football factory. I mean, they're such a football factory that they aren't even allowed to play in the same divisions as, as Florida high schools. Right. Um, so you want those kids. Those are kids that are being recruited from all over the United States to play. Uh, and they're consistently putting out division one players and guys that are making it to the NFL. So um, however long it took, it's good to be there and it's good to get wins over your Texas A&Ms and your other schools that you need to win these recruiting battles uh, against to be successful in the SEC. Florida is recruiting him as an interior, um, you know, lineman. Uh, he has played guard and center. Um, he mentioned in an on three article that he is uh, open to playing both and whatever Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton need him to play. Um, he had some great uh, things to say. He says, I love how they coach. Uh, when I went there to practice in March, that was when I had the feeling after seeing practice, seeing how both coaches are coaching, it's equal and it's not like one overrules the other. It's a team. One thing that one of the coaches told me is they, that it's like yin and yang, uh, like the balance. One is a little more fiery and will be on you. I feel like that's probably Rob Sale, while the other is a little bit more laid back and we'll talk to you on the side. That's something I really like, the balance. Um, he said this about coach Napier from everyone I talked to, they have nothing but good things to say about him by looking him up on the internet and seeing how everyone believes in coach Napier. I can tell how everyone has the same goal in the building. Uh, that's trusting him. I believe in a hundred percent. I believe that 100% and I trust myself in him. Uh, this is what he said about uh, Jamar Chaney. I'll say one of the biggest influences on my decision was coach Chaney. He's an analyst but he plays a big role with a lot of the guys' recruitments. He was the first person to offer me a scholarship. I knew him before I had any offers. He was going to be my high school coach, but then he went to Florida for the first time. We've been building the relationship for four years, and that's probably one of the bigger things and who I talk to most. So really uh, exciting to get Nigel Harris uh, to the University of Florida. Any additional thoughts on him, gentlemen? No, no, no. Just good get, man. Good get. Um, yeah, I think he, um, I think having the two coaches is something that also intrigues him. That's something that I think a lot of NFL teams have. We've talked about having two coaches. Um, it'd be interesting to see what that vibe is on the recruiting trail because not a lot of other colleges have two coaches on the offensive line. So, will that be something that is used as a recruiting tool? What do you guys feel about that? Right. Yeah, he's originally from the Port St. Lucie, St. Lucie County. Uh, that's that's Jamar Chaney's wheelhouse. Kamari Wilson from that same area. Area. So, um, Jamar Chaney's just a guy we just got to look out for, like staff wise, man. We got to mm -hmm. keep him in the fold. Uh, just a gem. And I don't like to hype up off the field guys, but his name just keeps coming up in articles about uh, a lot of, and a lot of recruitments. So. Um, when you see that name just keep popping up, you know that eventually, like, man. And he was here before with the last half. Might need know, to be an on-the-field like, guy at some point. Correct. The Mundo. <laughs> correct. The Mundo. 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 Let me, let, me fix your, let me fix your Spanish. Correct. Mundo. <laughs> hey, bro. Yeah. Nick. Is, uh, you know, bilingual Nick over there. Um, <laughs> the, the Gators were also able uh, to secure <laughs> the commitment about an hour later. From Creed Whittemore, uh, from Buholtz, the younger brother of the current Whittemore Trent that is on the roster. Uh, now he comes in as a three-star ranked 587th nationally on the on-three consensus, uh, the 34th uh, ranked wide receiver, and the 98th best player uh, in Florida. Had offers from Texas A&M, Penn State, UCF, Louisville, Michigan, Miami, uh, and the list kind of goes down. Um a guy that had to earn 
another scholarship offer under this new staff uh, was offered by the previous staff, did have to get another uh, offer. The, uh, the coaching staff obviously felt comfortable in giving that to him a few months ago, and then he announced his commitment on Saturday. Uh, a speedster, uh, supposedly a bit more athletic and a bit faster than his, uh, than his older brother. Uh, right now, six foot, 175 pounds, probably slides into that slot receiver role. But, uh, but Nick, want to get your thoughts on, on Creed Whittemore? Yeah, he's even played a little uh, quarterback uh, in, in high school. Um, it was interesting because I, I remember going back to Trent and we were all thinking, well, what positions is he going to play? Is he going to play safety, offense, defense? Um, I think Reed probably being looked at as a receiver. Um, I think it's a good, it's a good get, you know, we can go into all the uh, Jim rat first guy in last guy out uh, coaches, kid, all those, all those. Bro, he ran a 10, eight hundred meter. Ain't none of that first in first out. And then again, this kid can fly a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's something to, I think uh, getting the opportunity to play in your hometown Um I think playing at Florida was something he's always dreamed of doing. They grew up coming to games. Um, there's something that goes into that. And I think he, you're not going to get a kid that's going to take this opportunity lightly. Um, I think right. this, it might not have been surprised. Like you just, I think you were kind of just assuming um, that Creed Whittemore would be in the class. Um, and there's another Whittemore too. I think the one just graduated from Troy. Um, there's Trent Creed, and I think they have a younger brother as well in like seventh grade, eighth grade. So the Whittemore that, lineage, the Whittemore lineage to Florida might not be over. We need to get your dad on the podcast. <laughs> I'm here for the good content, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure it out, on. man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, I think with, with Creed, you got to compare him to. I think he's a good get. Not, not he's gonna be productive. I think he's gonna be a really good. Uh, wide receiver at University of Florida is a need at slot. We do need some guys. It ain't about just the ranking. You got you need guys that can actually, actually play a spot, and he, he I think he could play uh slot. Um, got some wiggle and some change of direction. You need some different type of guy at that spot that we don't have on our roster. Um, but I think a lot of people are comparing him to the um, you know, the board what what the the the, the, the scene is. The wide receiver scene is very elite. Um, it's, some, it's some it's deep. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of talent in the state. So I think people aren't saying that he's a bad take or he won't pan out. He won't be good. Mm-hmm. They're comparing him to the board and what the, the talent that's available at wide receiver. So um, that's how a lot of people viewing it. But other than that, man, good get 10, 800 meter. That's verified speed, something that Billy Nem is is using uh, and want. They're checking in on. So uh, all, all that's there. Everything's intact. Yeah, Everybody ain't going to be a five-star. Yeah, no, Silka, I know that you're mentioning, you know, obviously there's a, a lot of names. Two, three stars. So uh, like, yeah, <laughs> Aiden Mizell, um, you know, he's ranked as the 17th best wide receiver in the class, uh, ranked 104th nationally. He's right. looking heavily at Florida. Raymond Cottrell uh, was once committed to UF, uh, committed to Georgia currently, um, but he's from the Milton area. Um, he's ranked a little bit higher. Hakeem Williams has been on campus a few times, ranked as the number nine wide receiver uh, in the class. And then you have Brandon Innes, who's going to likely head out of state, but uh, still a guy that, that floor is recruiting. Jalen Brown, uh, a guy that's, you know, looking like he might go to Miami from Gulliver Prep. You know, but again, those are just, you know, a few names of the the top you know, Eugene Wilson from Gaither here in Tampa, 
uh, Tyler Williams from Lakeland. There's a lot of a lot of guys ranked in the top 20, top 25 wide receivers in the in the country in the state of Florida. So I know that Florida is going to be looking at uh, probably upping that class, but uh, you do need to get guys like Trent Winnemore because he does fill a hole where Florida does not seem to have any slot receivers. They have a lot of six two, six three, six four guys. Uh, some six five. You have a lot of heavier um, you know wide receivers in there too. So you do need to get shifty and. You know, I think uh, Creed Whittemore, you know, fits that. So we'll be interesting to see when he gets on campus and the impact that he's able to make. But you can't deny that the kid is athletic and he does have a lot of speed to him. No doubt. What do you so, think? Um, uh, there's 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 some other guys too. Um, what's his name? I just lost it. Um, Sharif Denson put out a top five today. Mm-hmm. Um, Four star cornerback. He put out the top five: Ohio State, Florida State. Florida, South Carolina, mm. and Texas A&M. Yeah, what you man. Feeling, what are you feeling the uh, the DBs? There's a lot of love with DBs. I mean, bro, it's we, almost we, like – Hey, man, I don't know Sharif, Sharif, bro. He's very good, man. But Corey Raymond just puts you in a different echelon of, of, of – I mean, we nationally recruit. I mean, we don't have to, really, because the state's just crazy. Um, but still, man, like we can nationally recruit the defensive back position like never before. So it gets, you, a little, you, it gets a little tricky. Are you penciling in Money McLean into your class? Yeah. What it, the, the silk? That's the, where I'm at with it. The, the silk, silk mock class. You, you this is me personally. In. I ain't got no intel or nothing, bro. I want nobody to take it. No, this is where I'm at with it, man. I live a different type of uh, life, bro. I, I, I go on intuition and whatnot. I just feel I'm, I like where we at with it with, with Money McLean. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Corey Bender to start writing stories off the podcast. Noted podcaster Corey Knowles predicts. I don't need that type of spotlight, bro, on my takes. Be real with you, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you let him stay on here, man. <laughs> just let me get my takes off. I don't, yeah. I don't need yeah, yeah. Especially like the message boards, bro. Yeah, I don't need no no random slander, uh, Nicholas. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I get into my pom poms on here, bro. So don't start writing my pom pom takes on the message board. I'm like, oh, Sip was saying we're gonna win every game. Yeah, I already put that one on the message board. That's already out there. I didn't really say that though. Uh, but yeah, did. I feel I feel I, I feel real good with uh Kamarni McClain. I feel good with uh I'm forgetting man, the other safety at uh, AJ Harris. I feel good with AJ Harris as well, but I feel good safety position with, with my man. The the safety at Lake Gibson. I'm forgetting his name. Uh tip of my tongue. Oh this isn't good. This isn't good podcast. Yeah, no, that's fine. Legland's lowly, but it's a safety out there. I just talked to Brian. Hold on, let me go to my notes real quick. I want to say his name now. I got to say it now. McClendon. No. No. I'll just say random names. I'm already, like, trying to make something happen here, Nick. I mean, Dan. Give me a second. Fill, fill the dead air, Dan. Yeah, well, Wasix doing that, the Gators, I forgot to announce, did uh, land a commitment for the 2022 class. Uh, offensive tackle, six foot eight, 370 pounds, Jordan Herman. Uh, from Hutchinson Community College, uh, has three years uh, left to play at the University of Florida. Uh, obviously, a big body um, was, you know, thought to be very, very good. And, uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, right, with Nick. You know, does the JUCO ranks get affected the most with the transfer portal? Um, but uh, UF does go into the JUCO ranks to grab uh, another offensive lineman to add to their 2022 class. Uh, and they're offer, also offered Cooper Lovelace, who's a uh, 2022 offensive lineman uh, as well. He received an offer last week. Um, 
Lovelace is six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds. Interior yeah. offensive lineman. These boys have a type. That that big. is type. They like big on the offensive line. Yeah, look at big, big on big. Got to go big on big. They're going after the the kids that they have, the kids that they brought over. Cam Waits, aka the Mountain from Game of Thrones, uh, six eight three seventy five. That's a large, massive human being. Um, you're not going to get many. Uh, tweeners like we like we've seen like uh my boy tj mccoy might not have gotten a scholarship offer uh from rob sale and real quick real quick uh nick i got a uh, question i seen alabama take a tight end from the juco ranks uh for their 2022 class uh are the recruiting services are you guys like a little behind because of pandemic and and juco uh being a little off as well with the pandemic and, and being a little late are you guys off with your evals or late with them do you think? Um, or I mean, ours, is portal, ours, or is the portal maybe throwing you guys off with eval, even eval in those guys? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. So ours is ours is new. I mean, they've on three hasn't even been around a year yet. I don't think so. They're still trying to set all that stuff up. Um, I think the pandemic definitely stopped all camps and stuff like that. Um, and and it's everyone's trying to navigate. They didn't have well. a season, right? Didn't JUCO set out a year doing pandemic? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they set out a full right. year. Um, so I just got confirmation too from Florida uh, about a week and a half ago. Like um, I didn't think so. Everyone got a COVID year from NCAA. I didn't think that that extended to junior college, but it did. So like Dewan Black is a junior this year, right. where I thought this was going to be his senior year because I thought yeah. well, he played two years at JUCO and he wasn't in the NCAA when the NCAA gave out a free year. Uh, but he has a free year. It's probably because you know the uh, JUCO had to deal with the same thing. So. Um, that's a, that's a new ruling. And, and I mean, we're still, I still don't know if like, is Ventro Miller going to count against Florida's 85 as a six year senior? Um, cause last year, the super seniors, the kids that were using their COVID year didn't count against the 85 guys like Rick Wells, Jeremiah Moon. Um, so when I did my scholarship chart and I've got Florida 88, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well you got to lose three before fall. But then there's a, a couple guys trading Ventrell that wouldn't count against that. That 85 potentially. So I don't know. And then to your question, the recruiting services, I, I don't know as far. I'm not involved in in um, you know, stars and 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 film review and all that. They've got we got a whole team at on three. Um, so don't yell at me if you think someone's a, a five star and they only got four, or if you think they're a four star. No, please do three. yell at Nick. He wants to check his not mentions. Me. Silk, um it, I know Cormani's at Lake Gibson. Were you thinking of Tony Mitchell? No, not Tony Mitchell. Hold on, oh. I had his name. Brayshawn Williams oh. is his name. There you go. Brayshawn Williams, a uh, safety, four-star, Lakeland, Lake Gibson, um, oh, a certified gangster. Like I think, I think this kid, he's a four-star, so he's not under underrated, but he's mm-hmm. not like a high-end four-star. I think when it's all said and done, football season in around like December, even if we, because I think he, we, we kind of high in his recruitment. Uh, I think we lead the way, uh, but I think some other big dogs like Bama and LSU gonna come calling for his services later on in the cycle. Ohio State um, kid can play football, and more eyes gonna get on him when they come watch Kermani. Mm. How about both those Lakeland secondaries, uh, Lake Gibson and and the mod secondary at uh, the Dreadnoughts? Man, uh, he said all 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 those kids gonna go play D one football, and and Gibson is the same way, uh, loaded. Mm. In Polk County. The Gators also offered um, Justin Jefferson 
not to be confused with the wide receiver, but the linebacker from Pearl River Community College, six foot two, 215 pounds. There's a report of a 4-3-4-40. Um, I was going to say, boy, boy's got Jets. Even if he awful a bit, right? Jets. Even yeah. if he's awful. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so during, like <laughs> during his freshman year, 53 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception said that Florida is currently number one in his recruiting uh, right now. Obviously, Florida is looking to add some more depth to the linebacker position uh, and looking for folks that can probably start immediately or at least play a heavy amount immediately. But uh, Justin Jefferson, a new name, um, offer sheet from South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Colorado State. No visit scheduled, uh, but has been said that he's going to visit Florida next month. So another name to look out for. There's another five-star. Silk, I know you talked about it on the big three roll-up. I love um, that linebacker, by the way, who you just said, man. That's a must-get. I think like those type of linebackers we need that can run, move like that. And I think more people, he's going to get more offers. Uh, but the, we we leave right now. I would like us to start closing on these guys. I don't know his visits and how Juco, all that work these days. But um, just a must-need, especially at that position. So, what do you got, three to play? Yeah, you'd have three years. To, yeah, three seasons to play. Um, the Gators were also in the top five of a five-star whose name I am forgetting right now. Listen to the Facts Only podcast on Thursday. They will, or on Wednesday, uh, they'll break this down a little bit more. Oh, no, you're talking you. about another Lakeland. Lakeland, the receiver, Williams. Um, Tyler Lakeland. Williams. Tyler Williams is the, is the receiver that we made the top uh, five for, I believe, or something like that. I was talking about the guy, uh, and this is not great audio for you guys, pardon me, uh, but the uh, the one that looks like he's going to Penn State. Uh, Norman? Yeah, Norman. That's Will it. Norman. Will, Will Norman. Gators make the top five. I knew I could count on you. Uh, the Gators, um, going back <laughs> yes, to IMG. Uh, the Gators, easy name to say as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, six foot five, 290 pounds, uh, a four-star um, ranked uh, 176 nationally, uh, gave a top five of Florida, LSU, Michigan, Penn State, and Texas A&M. Uh, right now, lots of crystal balls and lots of predictions for him to go to Penn State, uh, but currently at ING Academy. And then if you're in the top five, you want to move up, hopefully. So obviously a tough battle there, but uh, you got to be in the top five to be there. You're able to be the top one. So Yeah, and I ain't mad. I don't know where we at with Tyler Williams and um... – Hakeem Williams and Jalen Browns of the world. Uh, I'm not mad at, at, at uh, Creed at all, but we need Aiden Mazel and one of the, the three I just named, Tyler Williams. Uh, you know, you know the names I just named. So you need big dogs. It's, it's, it's some elite, <laughs> creme de la creme talent. Yeah, we can't let this leave, man. Yep, still a lot of names out there, still a lot of time. Uh, obviously, June, July have been months that a lot of players have said is when they're going to make their commitments, so we will definitely be on the, the lookout for those. Uh, the big names are starting to uh, to announce their commitments, starting to pare their list down. Um, unless you're Baby Gronk, Nick's favorite player, who announced <laughs> in eighth grade that he has a top 100, uh, the Florida Gators did make that list. So, top 100? Yeah, top 100. Nick, you're on mute, my friend. Uh, announced the top eight. Up. He, I don't know who's running the account, but he announced the top. Let me see. It's in my DMs. He got top 100. Top, he got 
HBCUs and community colleges on there. Yeah, no, he does. I think the kid's nine years old. Um, so I'm guessing it's a parent running the account, but he announced the top eight on March 31st mm. and then a top 100 on May 5th. Mm. So top 100. I'm out. I'm out. Hmm. You, think, you think we should send a wellness check? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got JMU, you got UTSA. Wow. Um, He's, he's Liberty FCS too, huh? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they call yeah. all of them. Charlotte, Rutgers, the 49ers made it, huh? All right. All right. <laughs> hey, he also announced today that he'll be foregoing middle school to uh, begin. That's that's that was hilarious, man. I thought yeah. that was I thought that was great, bro. Uh, I like it. Yep, I'm good. I'm good on baby Gronk. Oh man! All right, well, let's give a quick uh, shout out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Go to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code Stadium. Get ten percent off of your order. Best vacuum seal cups in the game. I've been using them for over a year now. Nick, I know you've been using them for a few years now. Really great, great, fine product. Uh, over 350 schools, a lot of University of Florida stuff on there. So go visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code Stadium for 10% off of your order. Uh, We were talking a little bit about this before the show started, but want to break it down a little bit more. The NCAA is going to start cracking down on boosters and maybe even collectives. Um, They have announced today a new set of NIL guidelines uh, clarifying some existing bylaws that are going to prohibit boosters from being involved in recruiting. Let's see a lot of things in here. Uh, the guidance primary purpose is to eliminate boosters involvement in recruiting. Um, officials say that boosters and booster led collectives are using NIL disguised transactions to induce prospects to sign with their school or convince current players to remain on their school's roster. Uh, the biggest thing that I think uh, is in here is a lot of talk about things being retroactive. Um, that's going to allow the NCA enforcement staff the freedom to investigate those who egregiously violated the bylaws in the past. Um, with all of that being said, I think the NI, uh, the NCAA could have very easily got ahead of the NIL um, since dragging their feet. I think it's been seven or eight years since that Alston ruling. Um, but for the last eight years, they dragged their feet, didn't really put anything out, put out some preliminary uh, language last year. Um, But now that we're 10 months into the NIL era, uh, they're going to start some enforcement. Boys, what are your thoughts? Um, The the NCAA at this point is is operating on borrowed time. Like Mm -hmm. the Power Five um, and uh, Notre Dame will come with that. The Power Five is going to go off and do their own thing. Um, The NCAA created this problem by – going to See, Congress. I think they need, I think the colleges, I think the universities need NCAA at this point. I don't think so. They, I, they, I think they do. I, 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 how's, I, the, how's the NCAA going to, so like, this is, this the, is what I feel. So I want you to get your take off, but the NCAA remember is 100% funded by the schools right. that make up Correct. the NCAA. And we've talked to Linda Teeler. We talked to Jeremy Foley. Um, talk privately to Scott Strickland, right? Those that are connected to UF. Obviously, there's been a lot of conversations uh, in the mediums as a whole from athletic directors. Well, it's a wild, wild west out there. Right. And I think a lot of these schools, the athletic directors that don't know what it's to spooky. do are looking for something. Correct. So go ahead with your take, my friend. Sorry. That's, 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 that was pretty much my take. I think I think the schools are spooked. Um, I think they're, they, 
this whole thing that that Heitner was talking about, the schools or uh, administrators are getting with the NCAA on. Hey, we need some guidelines around this, um, and, and they they need some because the next thing on the horizon is most likely the players unionizing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're setting up all these guidelines now for NIL and, and how players should operate. I'm pretty sure somebody these lawyers gonna get behind the players on like, hey, you guys need to respond back as a as a collective on. On, on how you guys stand and your wants. So this thing's going to get weird. And I think they need, the colleges and universities need the NCAAs to police this thing. As bad as they want to get rid of it, I think they also need them um, because they see this is about to turn to something different and not just, um, the boost is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The first time the NCAA tries to, how can you prove the intent of what a deal was? Um, maybe you can prove a time <clears throat> when the deal was offered, but the deal could be verbally offered and there's no These players are going to sing, Nicholas. <laughs> Listen, there's no paper trail of that. And and then the first time the NCAA tries to, like, l- lay down some infractions, they're going to get sued. That's why the NCAA hasn't tried to enforce the, the tiny rules that they even put in place, or the, not even rules, the guidances they put in place. They haven't tried to enforce it because they know that they'll get sued by a player, by the player's manager, Um because they, they weren't backed by the NCAA before. I no, mean, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the universities before. I think they, they, wasn't, they weren't active in the NIL department as far as like enforcing anything. That's going to be different with the lawsuits. If the, if the university look back in the NCAA with these lawsuits, it's going to be a different type of energy. And I think they need the NCAA. I don't see them like – and I'm, I agree with you. It's going to be hard to retroactively like punish anybody to prove all that. Uh, I do think the players will sing quick if their eligibility is, is, is up for, mm-hmm. you know, grabs. They're not going to be trying to figure out and save what university they're not at. Hell, if I'm at Tennessee and, and, and USC is getting some slander and you're telling me you're just going to hit them with the frack on uh, sanctions, yeah, I sing like a bird from a kid. You know what I'm saying? I got, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to go play ball. So they're going to use the players as much to try to see uh, who was offering what and, and, and moving um, egregiously. But I think – the universities need the NCAA at this point. They need mm-hmm. each other to survive until they figure out what's next for, for college football. Um, yeah, no, it's I think, a weird space right now. Yeah, no, I think that every conversation that we've had about legislation and about the NCAA from, from Darren Heitner to, you know, university administration has always been, there needs to be some sort of guidance, right? The Florida law, is like eight pages long, right? And it's that fat margin, double-spaced, larger font, right? Eight pages. It's not like a single-spaced type-out document, right? The NCA has very preliminary rules about what what can be allowed, what's not allowed. Um, they even admitted that they weren't even expecting collectives to be a thing. And, um, you know, I think that there is a school of thought that athletic directors across the board conferences and everybody else are looking for somebody to put some sort of standard in place. Right. And if Congress, the United States Congress won't do something, then they're looking for somebody to do something or else it continues to be the wild wild west. It's not saying that I agree with it or not. It's just saying that's what I think that they're trying to do is to get some sort of structure around this because athletic departments for the most part, try to operate in as much black and white as possible. And we've created a very, very large gray area that I don't think a lot of schools want to participate in. 
well, schools are just like, the schools are concerned from a lot of different angles, just from like uh it being just equal opportunity as far as coaches being made to do what they do and also like boosters and that type of support and whatever. What you got, Nick? Yeah, because college football's had a lot of parody uh through through the years. So this is changing that. Um but it's like Dan, because like how do you put so when you put it on a price, like um you were going back and forth with Miami fans a couple weeks ago, but like uh about um is it John John Ruiz? Yeah, John Ruiz. Yeah, in life. Um, yeah, then they call him Papa. What does <laughs> Poppy Daddy that Poppy Ruiz? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what what if he owns the company Life Wallet, and if he wants to pay somebody ten thousand dollars to shoot a commercial for Life Wallet, it is that the going rate? Is that a fair market value? What is somebody else gonna get? Mm-hmm. He's saying, hey, that's worth it to me and my company. Um, so how do you, how do you compete against that? How do you say, okay, well, that's not, that's not fair market value. Well, that's what I'm willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And, and if this is capitalism, I'm willing to pay. I'm the market. I'm, I'm the market right. for what I should be paying this athlete to support and to, to market my brand. And I thought right. that was a fair compensation for what I would get in return. And, and I have always been under the uh, impression and belief that you can spend money however you want, right? If you have a struggling app that doesn't solve a need <laughs> in the world's business where you don't have any downloads, you don't really have any reviews of your app except for people saying go canes on it. Like if you want to spend that kind of money to promote a worthless application that nobody's going to download, then by all means, spend that money, right? But where... <laughs> but um, I think the the what probably drew more ire than him asking players to promote Life Wallet and to shoot a commercial with some, you know, what I thought was interesting language um, about using uh, somebody's last name um, in it. But I think the bigger issue that that I saw that the NCAA probably saw is when they got the commitment from the Kansas State basketball transfer that says this player last last name's Parks. Sorry, I don't remember his first name. Parks is committing to the University of Miami, and we're giving him a two year deal worth four hundred thousand dollars and a car, all at the same time. And you have a booster having that conversation when, in whatever NCA rules do exist, it does say that you're not supposed to have contact with a recruit before picture, he signs. Picture of the picture of mom, dad, family, uh, the kid it, it, with the booster in the booster's home, getting big Nevin Shapiro vibes down in Coral Big, big Nevin Shapiro vibes, right? So you know, basically, I, the one thing the NCAA said was like an NIL deal can't be contingent or made an offer contingent upon going to a certain school. And when you get that timeline that Dan just said, okay, well, when was the conversation had? It was like. Did, did Jim Laranega just call up John Ruiz and be like, hey, yo, this kid just signed with us. It's great for mm-hmm. us. And John was like, so great that we'll sign him right now. Give me his number. Mm-hmm. It, it seems the timeline seems sus. No, but I don't think you'd be having conversations. I don't think you'd be negotiating or doing anything until like something's signed, not. right? Right. Or on and campus. The, mm-hmm. and, and the collectives is, I think, where – the NCAA, they were never prepared, but I think that that's what they were the the least prepared about, right? Uh, Tennessee's collective or whatever they call it has admitted about visiting players or recruits when they're on campus, which is 
not allowed, right? But the NCAA doesn't really have any rules, right? They're, they're not enforcing uh, the rules that they have, right? So if you, ha- if you have a rule that you're not enforcing, is it a rule? It's not a rule, right? No, you're, you're exactly right. So there is a, there is language in there that says that you're not allowed to do so, but obviously there's a blatant disregard of that rule. And if I'm a collective and I've seen what the NCAA has done in the past, then why follow the rules, right? The NCAA ha- isn't cracking down, right? And now they're choosing to go back and do you're gonna crack down now. Watch, watch this energy. People, people. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna be funny. The people think the NCAA is weak right now, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I think, I think they're they're back more than what what we think they are right now. People mm-hmm. giggling and, and saying, "Oh, what are the NCAA gonna do? They're almost done." Right. I think the university needs the NCAA, and I think all that lawsuit stuff is going to be different if all these big boys, because they run, they run this whole industry. Mm-hmm. So if, if the university say, "Yeah, yeah, punish," or because NCAA is just a face, it's just a front. Mm-hmm. They do what the university want them to do. So if the university want them to like crack down on on whatever. That's just what it is. Ain't nothing you lawyers. Uh, we talking about lawsuits, bro. This is just a money uh, battle at that point. Uh, and that's just my take. I could be wrong, but I think I think universities need the NCAA. Oh, I, I don't think I don't think 100%. they do. It makes sense, like right now. Yeah, um, for for right now, I ain't it saying makes like sense long for, like, term. Right now, but yeah. it's almost like it's almost like telling them like, "Yo, we're gonna leave you, but can you do us a solid real quick?" Yeah, hold it down like, real until we figure something. Like, out. listen, in three years, we're gonna leave, and you're gonna have like, you know, Baby Gronk's top 100 JMU playing Charlotte in your nat- in your NCAA national championship football game. And we're going to have our, our power five <laughs> championship that people are actually going to watch on ESPN. Um, right. But right now uh, we don't like this NIL stuff. So can you start like, you know, slapping some fines down, taking some yeah, eligibility but, but away? I think the, the hatred and dislike for the NCAA is at the fan perspective. Right. I think that there's a which lot is, more affinity to the NCAA from the college perspective. Right. There's enforcement, there's there's deals, there's uh, contracts that they can go in together. I, I, I want to caution how quickly I think that the power five schools are going to pull away from the NCAA. And let's just say that they do. They're still going to create a group that is going to be there for enforcement. You need governance. Right. You right. You're not going to have a wild, wild west of your top 50 programs in the United States just saying, no, hey, we'll have- play each other and, you know, everything will be green and grassy and we're, we're going to, you know, live this beautiful life. I just I don't see that. You have Zara Sankey over uh, the, the new the new league. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, other than. Other than stealing people's Heisman's and vacating wins and, and running national championships, I don't know what the NCAA does. Well, that's because I you're told not. you they they they're the front man. They're the front man for the colleges. They take on all the blame and and the the, the PR, the PR hits. So that's that. They're, they're, they're Roger Goodell. These colleges are treating these players like crap. No, people just say the NCAA. Not the university mm-hmm. is not giving these kids money. People get mad at NCAA, those four letters, not any of the universities. That's the truth. Well, it's, like, it's like everything, Nick. Everybody reelects their congressperson every year, and everybody hates Congress, right? Like right. everybody <laughs> loves the University of Florida. They think that 
you know, or Georgia or Auburn, whatever it might be, but you do need some sort of governance. You need some sort of group that's going to oversee that. You need somebody that's going to oversee, you know, fair play, safety. There's a lot of components that come into it that I don't think the universities want to be responsible for, nor do they really have the time and, and effort to be able to do so. You need a governing body. And whether it's the NCAA now and whether it's the power five in 10 years, everybody's going to always hate the governing body. Right? Right. It's just just what it is. No doubt, no doubt. Um, this conversation went different than I thought it would. How about that? That's good. That's why we pod each and every week. Glad to have you back, man. We missed you last week. Uh, dog, man. Xfinity got to like, they got to give me a month free for missing last week, dog. I was so excited <laughs> yeah. about that interview. I had some Miami Trolls written down, man. You guys did a good job, though. You still got got, got to uh, got him get some Miami questions, and we got the timeline rocking, man. Good, Good job, fellas. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at alumni hall uh go use promo code sg20 at checkout for 20 percent off of your order now until june 15th it's that time to get ready for football season baseball season is nearing the end uh nick we're going to talk about that here in a moment um maybe some new men's tennis national championship gear uh, will be coming up soon. Whatever the case may be, if you are looking for University of Florida Apparel, visit alumnihall.com, click on UF, and use promo code SG20 at checkout. Nick, we talked about your weekend, talked about Mother's Day, but we did not talk about the Florida Gators sweeping the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Starkville. Um, nice. Gators, Gators needed a sweep. You talked about it last week. They needed the wins. Uh, you said that Mississippi State was a team that wasn't very good but came off a couple of big wins the, the weekend before. Gators go in and uh, almost blow a lead in game three, but uh, end up securing three wins. So talk to us a little bit about the weekend. Yeah, um, <clears throat> really good start from Brandon Sproat. He's pitched uh, exceptionally well in his last three outings. Um, finally gets the win on Friday night. Um, Florida kind of exploded. Um Looked like they were ready to lose the game Friday night <laughs> late, um, but held on. I think it was like nine to it was like nine to two, and then the game ends like nine six, and and, and uh, Mississippi State had like the tying run uh, at the plate and on base in the eighth and the ninth inning. Um, but they win Friday night. <clears throat> you go on Saturday, you get a great start from Brandon Neely. Um, not his best stuff, um, but he he goes four. I think four complete. And then Florida pieces it together. They get the win Saturday. And then Florida's had trouble closing out series. They've, they've won games on Friday and Saturday before and then lost on Monday. Or excuse me, lost on Sunday. Um, Sunday they had fireworks in the ninth, scored four. Um, Sterling Thompson had a great week. BT Rypel uh, was named co-SEC player of the week. So Florida now, um, you know, I said you had to win five of your last nine and you just knocked out three of them. Um so right now, I think Florida's in a really good place. The RPI is 12, second hardest schedule in the country. Um, and a lot of the problems, so I, I've been battling this back and forth. So a lot of the issues were earlier were that Florida had a really, really tough schedule early on. I, I said when they got swept by Tennessee at home, I was like, well, the schedule gets easier now. Like you had to, you, they had a streak or a stretch of um, playing LSU, Georgia, Arkansas, who was number two at the time in the country, then at Vanderbilt, and then number one Tennessee. I was like, that's a rough stretch. Um, I said Kentucky wasn't very good. They could have swept Kentucky, um, just couldn't finish on Sunday. Um, 
you sweep Mississippi State. And I said, I said last week, listen, the toughest thing about playing Missouri is having to get to Columbia. Um, so not going to call a sweep, but this could be another 4-0 week for Florida, um, which would make them winners of their last eight games. Um, they, it seems like they're peaking, but I don't want to say, hey, Florida's playing their best back baseball right now because it is true that you're playing the easier half of your SEC schedule um, in these last four series. So can't take away the fact that they've won five of their last six SEC games. You should easily win the series this weekend at Missouri get those two wins to get to, um, you know, 13, 13 SEC wins. And, and if Florida gets to 13 SEC wins with their RPI the way it is and their strength of schedule, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know what Florida would have to do to host a regional. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have to win out because, I mean, right now you're unranked and the top 16 teams um, host regionals. So I don't expect Florida to host a regional. Um D1 has them projected as a three seed in the Coral Gables regional, which means I'd be back home mm. uh, in, in June for that. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's Flores figuring some things out. Um, Blake Purnell, uh, who was the closer, has had a, a rough go of it the last month, uh, but they found another freshman in Fisher Jameson, a guy who um, I was not all impressed with in the fall. Wasn't very good. Um, he's come a long way. He's been, uh, other than one home run on Sunday has been damn near unhittable. Um, So Florida's kind of figuring out some things and and they've got a bunch of guys hitting the baseball right now. They've made some lineup changes, getting some new guys in there. Um, They're playing really, really good baseball right now. I also saw that Ryan Slater had a two and one third, no hit. um, I guess in relief um, in that, in that game. Yeah. So uh, hopefully the Gators are starting to put it together. Um, you've mentioned that Rio Pell, uh, was tabbed SEC co-player of the week, uh, batted 533, uh, this weekend, uh, Gators did go 4-0 on the week. Uh, other news in Gator sports, congratulations to the women's tennis team that beat Florida state four to one. They're advancing to the NCAA round of 16 for the first time since 2017. So congratulations to Former Stadium and Gale alum Roland Thornquist and his team for doing so. Uh, the women's lacrosse program uh, won the AAC um, trophy for uh, best team in the AAC. They will be hosting uh, the NCAA tournaments as a number seven overall seed. They're going to go against Mercer, Jacksonville, and Stanford uh, in the opening round. So that will start on Friday May 13th at 5 p.m. against Mercer. So best of luck to the women's tennis program. In other news, the men's tennis team advanced to the sweep to round of 16 uh, as well. So congratulations to them. Uh, The outdoor championships for the SEC are going on. Uh, The women's track team currently ranks number three uh, in the country. So best of luck to the women there. Uh, the, the Florida softball team earned the number five seed in the sec tournament. They are going to play either Texas A&M or South Carolina on May um, 11th and they get to host. So the, uh, different than baseball, um, the softball term is hosted by the individual schools. So I think it's been 14 years since Florida hosted. Um, but they will host the sc tournament at, at, uh, in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. 
Nice little fact, a dandy nicked fact right there. There you go. Dandy uh. nicked fact. So if you're in Gainesville, a lot of softball to catch this weekend with uh, Gator Baseball out of town. That's right. Um, Speaking of Gator Baseball, you seen your man Sneed got traded to uh, Oakland. That was preseason. Preseason. It was a couple weeks ago, but that's okay. Oh, still, still a fun fact, Nick. I don't know why yeah, you had to that parade. Sorry, sorry. Oh, you mentioned it on the show before? That was a silky fact. The silky oh, fact. Sorry, man. You know. um, yeah, he uh, he's reunited with his uh, college roommate, A.J. Puck. Nice. In Oakland. Mm. Uh, Anna Hall won the U.S. ATF heptathlon title, and she's going to be heading to the world championships. Is that so can- 10, 10 sports? 10 events? I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, Bro, that's an athlete right there then. You're doing, she, you're doing she, everything. She was in the lead after six events, um, and she ran the fourth fastest heptathlon 800 meters in world history. World history. World history. Two minutes and three seconds. Bro, I get tired every time somebody just tell me what one of them things is. What is it again? Called the, what what thon is it? The heptathlon. heptathlon. Help! Help! What? Help! Tathlon. I, mean, I was exhausted every every time somebody explained one of them things. I get exhausted, bro. There's no way I would ever train for something so crazy. All right, so it's not ten events. It's it the hundred meter hurdles. Okay. All right. High jump, shot put, two hundred meters, long jump, a javelin, and the eight hundred meters. Is it the pentathlon that's ten? That's definitely exhausting. I'm like real well, that's, races. That's a long day. That's, that's a long day. Let's well, that's see. not over Olympics. That's like just that's not like oh, that's all in one day. She ran that. In the, she ran that in a day, mm. and got first place over the course of two days. She ran yeah. that in two days. What is Nick? Two days. Look like, bro, that's crazy. There's no way. She ran that in two she, days. That's crazy in two days. She ran won 100, 110 so Nick, meter hurdle, a two hundred and eight hundred throwing a shot put. Nick. Not, not only did she do lot. that, Nick. She did. She won all those three events. And she got her personal best in all of those. Uh, let's see. She jumped 6.39 meters in the long jump, which is a, a wind legal personal best. It's Bro, incredible. Say, She's go ahead. I was at track this. I mean, to cut you off, but I was at a track. My son's track meet this weekend, and uh, I got there about 7:30 in the morning. We can leave to about two. He ran one event. Mm. And they, and they canceled. They canceled it. We had more on deck. We ran 100 meters, and it just the sky, you know, the bottom fell out of the sky. Track, bro, is a long day. Um, two days of that, and whatever she got going on, God bless her parents is what I want to say. That was the moral of the story. God bless her parents, man, because this track dad thing, I don't know if it, uh, I need a schedule of exact run times. <laughs> you show up. So, I could have ran to the mall. We just was laying around doing nothing, Nick, for like hours, bro. You gotta keep scratching, stay warmed up. I'm like, bro, this is this is event. She she set the American record. They should have put that in the article. You have to scroll all the way down to see that that she set the American record. Well, you at the bottom. You should all in the that. bottom. Yeah, you gotta lead with that. Um, Very so, let's see. And do a lot of shout outs on this show. Defense her. Six thousand four hundred and fifty-eight points. It seems like a lot of points. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I think I think we need to change the way that we 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 score points here. Um, I don't think you need to get into the thousands, but uh, the record. Yeah. She said a personal record, a school record, 
the number one in the world ranking for heptathlon, the number one in the NCAA, and number two in NCAA history. Hmm. They got to learn to read the, these articles a little bit better. Heptathlon? Heptathlon. I like that. I, you, I, you got it, but you keep questioning yourself. You got it. Say it with your chest. No, no, I said it. I, I like it. I just never want to attend one. Will you ever be no. a fan of some? Like, how do you watch this? You just on TV? Where do they air this at? I don't, I don't know, know where the USATF Jackie Joyner Kersey won a gold for uh, for America. I think that was in the 96 Olympics, if I remember correctly. I appreciate in, that, in Nick. This? She did all this? Fact. That is, that, that's an Jackie interesting unrated. Sorry, that was not 96. It was the 88 Olympics. Oh, that news a lie there somewhere. It's Nick, always Nick a lie. Nick is going in, 34 in years back. Yeah. Uh, Grant so, Holloway and Christian Taylor um, are also going to be on the team that she's going to be participating nice. with that are former Gators, Grant Holloway in the 110 meter hurdles and Christian Taylor in the triple jump. So best of luck to her as she competes for the Olympics with scores like that, 6,458. I see no reason why she shouldn't make the Olympic team next year. So certainly best of luck to Anna Hall. Let's see if there's other news. I know men's golf is going on. Let's see where they're currently at. Number two in the Palm beach gardens regional, um, that's going to start on May 16th. So next Monday, uh, so best of luck to men's golf, who I know is having a, a stellar year, all things considered. And finally, one final sport that we want to get on here, men's track and field. We talked about women's and let's see if we can get where the men are ranked. Uh, not oh. in enough time before we end the show. Lacrosse uh, won the – where are they in the AAC? Yep, yeah. We talked about that about eight minutes ago. Okay, yep. perfect. Yep. Congratulations. Definitely. Um, Shout-out to Joseph Fanbula, named SEC Men's Co-Runner of the Week. A 200-meter runner. He, he said it in – He's track season, man. I like it. Yeah, I think that that's – I think that covers – all the Gator sports. Still some basketball transfers on watch. Um, baseball still going on. Uh, men's and women's golf we talked about. We talked about lacrosse. Uh, we talked about the soccer coaching change next week. Or uh, last week, pardon me. So be on the lookout for the uh, the coaching hot board. Talked about softball. Talked about men's, women's tennis, track and field. Yeah, I think we covered them all, boys. Um, Silk, let's get us into a Manscaped ad read. And we welcome you back with Song of the Week as well. Oh, I got a song of the week, all in all. That's that's a beautiful thing. A shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. Be sure to use coupon code 20SG at checkout for 20% off free delivery to your mailbox. Um, get the best of the best. Um, Nick doesn't have to use any of these products that I'm naming. Um, he's on a hiatus. He's on a sabbatical. He's, on, <laughs> he's in a slump. Um <laughs> <laughs> a three month slump, a plant slump. Uh, shout out to the great folks at Manscaped. Uh, if you fellas are walking into the spring summer months, because summer's here, uh, without any ball deodorant, you are living life dangerous. Also, that 4.0 lawnmower is the thing you need, man. Keep them balls clean, swift, and neat. Uh, for wedding season, summer season, Memorial Day is on the horizon. You don't want no extra perspiring down your legs, down those uh, above the knee shorts, you know? Uh, above the knee shorts, you got to have the ball deodorant because you don't want to just be dripping. Feel me, fellas? You want the drip to be on point. 
you know, the drip, the, the, you know, but you don't want to be dripping. Feel me, mm, Nick? I see what you're saying. You feel at some point, but you don't want to drip under the drip. Big lingo, mm. big lingo mm. there, Nick. Uh, follow along. I'm going to lose you. Uh, use coupon code SG20 at checkout for 20% off, man. This is all freestyle ad reads. We don't write any of this stuff. None of it's planned. Yeah. But but also, please use promo code 20 SG instead. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, I don't even, but it can get confusing. I get it. We got we got two of them on we the got scroll two thing, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who like in charge of the scroll thing? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I got to move them around, right? Fire that guy. Whoever's in charge of the scroll thing. Hey, if I dance fired. Yeah. It's like self-sabotage, man. You it was set nice, me up for the nice kid. working with you boys. <laughs> hey man, fun being back, man. I hate me. I hate missing podcasts, man. I lose sleep when I miss, man. Um, but you guys held it down last week. I appreciate you guys, man. Same corner, same time. Oh, I need a song. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Uh, while you look up the song, uh what's up? Uh, question. So uh we had my podcast from uh from the airport in Las mm-hmm. Vegas when mm. the voice was uh devastating. Yeah, um, that was a wild. Dan, part. I, I felt sorry yeah. for you that podcast, bro. Dan, I was in, I was in pain. Dan, it's like watching Leftwich get carried down the field that game. Like, man, I well, that was, at least that was after right a t- at least that was after a touchdown, right? Um, Dan is going for what he has already admitted is at least twenty four hours too long. Yeah, what what kind of Dan are we going to get Monday when we take the pod? I, I am hoping fresh for of, the best. Fresh off, yep. fresh off of 96 hours in Sin City. Yeah. No, I have I have mm. very, very profoundly said three days is all you need in Vegas. I will be doing four days oh, and four man. nights in Las Vegas. Um, shout out to Nick Jordan and um, uh, his beautiful wife that are going to be married. Uh, it is going to be one for the ages. Uh, but definitely one where I need to pace myself, drink some water, um, get some sleep, extra oxygen in the hotel rooms is what I've heard. Um, I've not been to Vegas in a while. I think it's been eight or nine years. Um, so no, I lied. I went to Vegas a few years ago, but that was for work. So it was a little bit different, but sure this, this one's going to be a, uh, a storybook weekend. Uh, got the VIP table at Zed Saturday night. Nice. Um, so Sunday might be a little bit of a recovery. Flex on um, them boys. Long flight, long flight back. Danny bottles. Danny, Danny bottles. bottles. Danny bottles. Uh, on another bender. Danny yeah, bottles yeah. on another bender, man. That sounds like an album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hey, quickly, Corey, before you do a song, I put a, a question in the chat. Uh, let's just knock this out real quick. Um, one team, obviously Florida has Utah and Colorado and Notre Dame and a number of other schools. Um, on the schedule for a, a home and home, but of the teams that Florida doesn't have on the schedule, what is one game that you'd like to see in the future? Home and home. Where I want to go. We got Colorado. So I got, I got two, for, two, I got two for you. Um, um, Nick, I, if you I'm, say Hawaii, you no longer. Yeah, that's played out. We yeah. not, can't do the Hawaii joint. We did that well, for recruiting. <laughs> Neither of them are Hawaii. It's it's two venues I want to see. Okay. Um, I would like to see um, a Florida Michigan home and home. I know that the Florida Michigan matchup oh, is played no, out. No, no, no. But no, a game, no. but a game in the big house would be uh, fun to see. And then the other one is Florida USC. Yeah. Um, I think a story program like that, and getting to go out to the Coliseum, um, get out to LA. Beautiful weather. Fake people, great stadium. 
I like the USC take the the Michigan one. I, I think that I would I would rather see us play in the horseshoe, um, play maybe at Ohio State. Um, you know, I just feel like we've played Michigan more than just about any non-conference opponent except for Florida State over the last I don't know a couple decades. So I'm, I'm tired of seeing the maize and blue. Looking for something a little bit different. So I'm going to go with USC. Sure. That's a great one, uh, but Ohio State's probably my my pick. That's fair. The the Florida Michigan match was definitely played out, um, but. To, to see it, yeah. And, I mean, the Horseshoe's probably, you know, right up there with the big house in, in terms of, you know, storied college places. Uh, that's hmm. all I have. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to, like, somewhere weird like Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. it'd be, I think a good, like, like attraction game uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, different units, get weird with the uniforms or whatnot. Wouldn't mind going out to Oregon, just a, a home in a way. Uh, check out their stadium. Um, I think that would be mine. I think would, the LA. I've been to LA. I've been to, like the Texas thing. Uh, just something totally out of left field. I think would be Oregon, and, and mm. I, I wouldn't mind that matchup. I mean, Texas would be one, but like that's that's about to be a conference game. Right. Yeah, I like that Washington Stadium as well. Right there You're on right, the water yeah, I mind that. with uh, Mount Rainier in the West. background. Yeah, get my boat, boat vibes. Get my hiking vibes. Whoop up on some hokies. Your some book club huskies, out there. I mean, your book club. Uh, your book club out there with it. Yeah, we're up. We're up there in the greater Seattle area. That's what's up. So Maybe if we uh, if we book a game, I got the boat. No doubt. How are you gonna get the boat to Seattle? It's a club. Nick, Nick. we'll tell you. We'll tell you later. Oh, <laughs> it's a club, man. They got like they got docks and ports in different cities. Yeah. Nick's gotcha. not been invited. Maybe you thought he was going uh, to get a U all and like uh, put it on the. On, on I, I thought Captain. I thought Captain Dan was going to leave three weeks before and just, yeah, just head right through the Panama Canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, drive the boat through the Panama Canal. Yeah, take that twenty-four uh, foot Cobia right through the Bro, Panama I thought, Canal. I thought, I thought Panama Dan was going to be on the boat <laughs> for three weeks just to get to a tailgate. That'd be a hell of a ride, Nick. I'm not. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Not sure I would get there. Not sure I would get there. <laughs> All right, so take us out with Song of the Week, my friend. Uh, give me Emmett Dupree, Hours Made Hours. Dope little jingle for the people. Same corner, same time. See y'all boys next week. I'm trying to show you just what. Trying to show you just what I'm all about And hours, big hours, baby time Running out And I can't afford to lose a dime On the house You're proving your petty, my darling You're losing your leverage, my darling You're rude, you not ready, my darling Why run your mouth? And you made the list of things that I'm cutting out And you can lead a different team
How you can't get mad at my phone when you're not with me, but you're not alone, babe. No, this isn't blasphemy. When you sip it in your feelings, you don't think to ask for me. Hanging, tripping, get offended, or just take it gradually. Bring us out, your majesty. Every rock I threw in the song will be lying at your feet. But you don't even ask for me. That's you trying to fill up Hyundai accent with some gas for me. Guarantee some ass for me. You know what the saying is cash a check or debit credit. Won't be on my way till I know which method you paying with. Your value not making sense. To which places you placing it? If you wanna be priority, you gotta stay with it. Come on. Put your foot in it, baby. Now you don't make time casually. Minutes to monetary, you always end up taxing me. No, this isn't last for me. When you're sipping in your feelings, you don't think to ask for me. Are you getting tripping, get offended, or just take it gradually? Bring us out your majesty. Every rock I've thrown in the song will be lying at your feet. Trying to show you just what I'm all about And hours, big hours, baby time Running out And I can't afford to lose a dime On the house You're proving your petty, my darling You're losing your leverage, my darling You're rude, you're not ready, my darling